Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 26 of the Fighting Goat, where we have, of course, your host, your host, Mystic Chips, aka Arjun Chipalgadi, yeah. and Somesh Superhuman Kamra. As usual, the usual duo, the Jay Viru of this podcast. Jay Viru. <laughs> however, like however, I was going to call us the Diaz brothers, man. Come on, it's going to be a little more pertinent to the show. However. We have a crime master Gogo with us today. Crime master. The crime master Gogo, who is the special guest for the evening, is none other than veteran MMA sports journalist Ranjit Ravindran. Buddy, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, doing good. Bah, thanks, bah, thanks. Bah, bah. Thanks a lot for having me, and thanks a lot for that new nickname and the introduction. <laughs> crime master Gogo. No, I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, crime master Gogo has uh, has been is has been associated with MMA for a long time because you know his theatrics, his cape, and the way he did it, his gagra and all that was such a it was a big deal, man. Oh. The showmanship of the sport. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting any reaction from him at all. <laughs> Very oh serious God. journalist, Mr. Ravindran. Is a, a very, very serious journalist. But however, uh, it's been an absolute honor because I know Ranjit for almost two, two and a half years now. He's been mm. kind enough to cover all our articles, all our tournaments. Yes. You know, he's you know he's in fact seen the growth of Superhuman from that one small studio to what we are right now. So, Ranjit, thank you so much for supporting us all the time, and we are so happy to host you today. So, Ranjit, tell us, like hitting hitting it straight off. How was last week? Did you did you did you check out uh, you know UFC Fight Night Kelvin Gastelum versus Jared Cannonier? I think I just saw the main event only last week because wow, that, be, that means you're a casual fan. No, yeah, seriously, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm never, I'm never going to let you forget this now. Now yeah. this is the biggest mistake you've made. No, okay, because... so what happened was that we have Onam here, like it's a festival here. Of course, so uh, yes. I'm South Indian also, boss. I'm my last name is Chipalkati. I'm from Belgaum, Karnataka. Awesome, awesome. So, so we had all those busy stuff going around. So I just sneaked out of the family function altogether and watched the main event. Oh, and recorded nice, and nice. that is no, so big, awesome. That is so there awesome. Were, there were two guys. I remember in the women's bantamweight division, there's a new mm-hmm. entrant called Josiane Nunez. Yes, This chick. Is one of the first fighters that has won by a one-punch knockout. She landed a left hook on oh, her opponent wow. and knocked her the f- out. It oh, was wow. incredible. And I think the prelims were better, to be honest, because Ignacio Bahamondes also. Check out this guy, Ranjit. Ooh, that spinning heel kick. That ah, it I was a Barbosa-style spinning heel kick. Ha! It's. I think it's going to be an iconic picture in the future. There's a picture of him actually landing that shot on the cheek. Dude, Absolutely, and, and, his, and his jaw was like, oh, like dude, and it was it was with five seconds remaining in the third round. Man. That's how insane it was. Incredible, it was, man! It was so beautiful, so beautiful, and such such a good event. Even though there was just one highlight uh, fight on that card, but honestly, Clay Guida was back, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's go an event. Fifty three professional fights. Dude, he's looking more and more like the caveman now. I must he say, is. I mean, he is. people called him the caveman Guida. He's aging in reverse. Like, I think he looks the same age as he did when he fought Diego Sanchez on TUF. Uh, same, so you, same. So you mean he's the uh, he's the Anil Kapoor of UFC? Yeah, he's uh-huh. the Anil Kapoor of UFC. Same <laughs> hair also. Same type. Same kind of body hair also. You know. <laughs> I, I I know. I think there's so much of Bollywood happening here right now. You know, we have Crime Master Gogo angle happening. <laughs> and we have Jai Viru happening. And now Anil Kapoor is back. Yeah. It all started with Pratik Babbar coming on the show. Absolutely, <laughs> Hondia. <laughs> But let's begin with Mr. Ranjit, man. It's it's uh you know it's it's you, when you look at the when you look at the MMA journalism scope abroad, and you yeah. you know you guys you've got guys from Bleacher Report, Sherdog, um, right? MMA Junkie, John and, Morgan you know, is there. So and John Morgan, you got you got uh, you got Ariel Helwani, 
And then now we have our very own Ranjit Ravindran, who's been slowly working in the background, who's been coming up through sites like Fan Garage, Sports Kida, and covering both MMA and wrestling. I just right. want to say, what got you started in this entire sport? The sport of hey, combat. Hey, hey, my question is <laughs> Sorry, sorry. You took a bad one. So I think it started back in like 2012 or 13 something. I used to write like blogs. Like we could write opinion pieces on sports. Kira. Right. So that's how it started. But how it became serious was uh, when I was in either... Uh, just one year before college, I guess. One year before college, uh, uh, I, I had a single mother. So I had to do something to support her. So I took up this internship with SportsKeda at that time. Oh, wow. And yeah, so that's how it started. It, it was not straight into wrestling or MMA. It was just, I started with Formula 1 actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> Formula 1 and football, I used to cover wow. a bit of cricket. Yeah. yeah. So slowly, slowly, I got my chance into covering wrestling so i was a wrestling fan like most of us do i was a wwe yeah. fan we we had the all those heartbreak kid baby heartbreak kid slowly i transitioned into wrestling and it took off like the wwe coverage took off for sports kira as well as myself like i got many reads many hits and in turn like went on to become one of the most writers on the site at that time like 200 million hits or something i got Wow. That time. Yeah. I think it's still up there. I, I'm not sure. I don't check now. Wow. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, so that was how I got into writing full time. Like it was paying good. It was helping me support my education and everything. I was supporting my mother. So that's how I, how I initially got into writing stuff. Like in 2012 or 13 something I started. But you know, that's so awesome because most people that we speak to uh, today, and, you know, when we asked them to, you know, kind of do something at the intern level and prove a point, you know, guys, so this is exactly what you need to do. You need to go out there, you need to do good work, you know, prove a point, support yourself and grow from there. So Ranjit, congrats yeah, exactly. on that. Like, get a, you know, like, get a, you know, getting a start in, in any sport, any business is a tough one, whether you intern yeah. to become, uh, you intern to become a star in films, or you want to become a cinematographer, photographer, right. whatever, you know, you've got to start and it's literally a story of starting at the bottom. And now Ranjit is part of the fighting good team. Yeah, tonight. baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, yeah. you know, so Ranjit, so how did you, uh, you know, go on from sports Kida to MMA India to locker room? So, you know, what was his journey like? How did Locker Room come into the picture? So how? what was the birth of Locker Room? Why the name Locker Room? And what all does it cover? See, because I know you well. Arjun knows you well. But the listeners right now want to know why Locker Room and what are the different aspects in Locker Room? Okay, so uh, once I started with SportsKeda, I think in 2017 or 18, it broke off like the SportsKeda uh, 2016, I guess. Uh, there was some other company. We had this offer. Ratish, I know you. Uh, Somesh knows Ratish. Ratish. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So Ratish was my editor at SportsGrid at that time. So right. he uh, had this like opportunity to work with the Fan Garage. So Correct. Fan okay. Garage, they were planning to have this MMA vertical with MMA and wrestling vertical, but MMA more focusedly. So that opportunity came for me and Ratish. So we just took it up and we built that Fan Garage MMA vertical there. So I right. think around two years we spent there. We covered, I think, Superhuman Gym also we covered a lot. Yes, yes. There were a lot of, um, I think Bharat made his 
uh, UFC debut at that time. Yes, that's yes, right. that's that's right. Yeah, right. then there were, there were some events going, SFL was going on that 2017, 18, 16, I'm not sure exactly the season, but that was going on. So we covered 16 all 16 was uh, Super Fight League and Super Boxing League, I remember. Huh, 2016, yes. 2017. Yeah, so we were covering all those and there was a realization that there's a gap. Like we, even if MMA was growing at that time, even if the, the coverage was only going to the UFC or the major leagues, the right, right. athletes were not getting, at the same time, that's important. Like we need to build our own stars. If the sport very is true. to grow in the future, like very true. put out that our stars are competing. Like most people do, don't even know that MMA exists in India. That was the case back then. Call hey hello. Yes, call hey hello. I don't. Be, no, I, I am. No, I am. I'm doubting that uh, that fact. I mean, I'm not doubting you, Ranjit. But I think by 2017, people knew because uh, uh, SFL had had got a quite a bit of a headway into the market, and which gave birth to you know to you know the other leagues that came up. Like Matrix mm-hmm. has come up now mm-hmm. since the last two years, and I, I think uh, I, yeah. But you, I agree with you to a certain point where it's not as popular as. The UFC yes, still. Yes. Yeah, that's the point. Like when we right. say that the UFC exists and when we talk to them saying that there are fighters here fighting in training day and day by and day, day in and day out to become MA fighters, they don't believe you. Like they only look up to maybe they, they might be casuals, but they only look up to the bigger leagues. Uh, oh, so, only Conor McGregor. Uh-huh. Sorry. They're like yeah, 99% they, uh, of people right. I know listen to look at Conor McGregor or look at Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. That's it. Ah, yes. right, right, right. So that so that's a little sad basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but you know what? I don't blame people. You know, look, because I had a couple of friends of mine who also, like Brock Lesnar made his debut in 2012 in yeah. the UFC. And yeah. because of that, that see, at the end of the day, we only want the sport to grow. Whether Correct. it's local, it's international, it gives people an insight into watching. Because I remember as a commentator in, when I started off in 2013, doing Superfight League in a small scale, yeah. and then the management changed. By 2016, the crowd in Delhi were cheering guard passes. Mm-hmm. Because they understood, oh. because they were watching GSP and they were watching, uh, you know, guys like GSP, Silva, right. and they had learned. People were cheering. Like Kantara Jagasa was was fighting Valmir Neto, yeah. who is a Naga, five fifth degree black belt, and he was sitting in his guard and pounding him in his face. And he, and right. he, he was well. cheering it. He won the fight. He won. He, he didn't win. He embarrassed him hmm. because everybody thought Neto was. It was like it was like it would say like maybe me facing Damien Maya. Yeah. Like everybody would have expected, you know, Neto to submit him. Right. But Kanta proved that he was, he could not only hang with such a high level black belt on the ground, but beat him up in the process. But you know, that, you know, it's quite sad because in our country, what normally happens when there's an Indian fighting versus any foreigner, we always say, hmm. wo to usko mar dega yaar. You know, that confidence in the Indian fighter itself doesn't exist. You know, forget about going on to the bigger leagues. <laughs> the confidence in the Indian fighters doesn't exist. I mean, I'm sure Matrix Fight Night is doing a great job, you know, uh, promoting the Indian fighters. But I do also believe there's a chance that they're going to be inducting some foreign fighters in there to kind of up the competition. No, but so, I, I don't, I, I think, see, look, I think it's important to test yourself. It's important absolutely. to test yourself as absolutely. a guys like Anshul Jubli. Are, are really, really good fighters. Guys like yeah. Sumit Khade. Yeah. And, and and believe me, if, if Babaji Chaudhary fights anybody, I'm siding with him. Yeah. That yeah. guy is a beast. He's a killer. He's he, a killer. I've seen yeah. him knock people the fuck out cold. Like cold means that he's going to get up for 5 days. 
Yeah. <laughs> he has that app nickname as well, Stretcher. I think yes, you, you, gave, you, you gave him the nickname. Yes, I gave him that nickname. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, what's his nickname? <laughs> the Stretcher. Oh, really? Because he will literally put you out of the Stretcher. Oh, man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, out of so his much eight of wins, I think all has come via finishes only. Eight wins, eight finishes. He has. Just the kind of finishes where guys haven't woken up for three, three minutes. Oh man, wow, that's crazy. That's Dude, crazy. you got to Google him. Just find out Babaji, the guy, you look at him, he looks like one Greek god slash monster. And he's this, you know, Odisha Bengali, sweet talking guy who you won't hear him outside. But you can hear the, you can, you know, of the kick, you hear the third of the kick. Oh man, and that's, that's crazy. When he connects to your head, it's, it's horrible. If if I'm not mistaken, I think Babaji is fighting on the 24th September card on yes. NFN also. He's fighting Jason, I think. Jason, I'm yeah. Ah, okay. Jason okay. Solomon. And, nice, and that's nice. going to be that's going to be fun. That's going to be love. Yeah, I love fun. Fun. It's going to be fun because you know, look, Jason has been fighting forever, and Jason is a polarizing figure. Either you love him or you hate him. That's what he does <laughs> with his fans. And, but that's great, you know. I think Indian, I, I think Indian MMA stars. I would give him credit for being able to do that because. Because of his personality, people have started watching. Right. Because of his personality, people are choosing, saying, okay, I like this motherfucker, I hate this motherfucker, whatever. People at least have an opinion. Absolutely. Instead of just being like, Correct. Because that was the initial MO of I remember the slogan for Super Fight League was come for the show, stay for the fights. Ah, right, right, right. Yeah. You're right. You know, Pirame Bipasha was like, ah, correct. <laughs> and it was my first. It was my first event, but I was with the camera standing. Then I was like, "Band karo, please, can we get the fight started?" <laughs> well, well, Bob Sapp was also quite impressed with Bipasha, so we can't, uh, you know, <laughs> say anything about that. That was quite interesting. But yeah, so Ranjit, back to you. You know, tell us as to how locker room came in. What was the vacuum? What did you fill? Where it started? Where it is right now? Yeah. So with the fan garage, we created that Indian MMA coverage and. What happened to me due to some personal problems, like I had to take a break from writing. Okay. From between 2017 to 2018, I had to take a break. Sorry so the fan garage and sports kid stuff like came to an halt actually. Okay. okay. And then uh, when I was talking to one of my friends, Aditya, who was working as a content manager for MMA India, he offered right. me like, anyways, uh, you've been out for a long time. Would you like to come and write for some time? So that's when I... Uh, wrote for MMA India for some time. Like he he offered this, so I thought, yeah, why not? Like Aditya an Aditya PS. Dengarajan, Dengarajan, not PS. Yeah. Ah, okay. Did, uh, okay. Yes. okay. Did you meet a guy called uh, Did you meet a guy called Akhilesh Ganwarpur? Um, I haven't met him. Like we had talked a couple of times, I guess. Ah, he's because he was one of the writers for the MMA India show as well. Ha ha ha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this MMA India we said, but when I left. I mean, when I left Fangara itself, I had this thing in back of my mind so to start something new to give the Indian MMA coverage. Right. So at the same time, there was a friend of mine from college called Shankar. So uh, as college mates, we usually have this talk, right? We should start a business after college. We should do something, <laughs> right, right. something of your own, something that makes an impact. So everything actually came together. So when I was writing in MMA India, I talked with Shankar saying that like this is a scene. So he was also on board. So that's how Locker Room came to existence actually oh, that's in 2018 amazing. end Fantastic. of the year me and my uh, college mate Shanga we started this so in 2018 end I think we started with the small social media stuff only we, right. we, we knew uh, since I had that experience of covering that in the MMA circuit for some time we knew like how how to link the stuff so with the social media we started in 2018 end of the year 
we started that then slowly i think in 2019 we had a basic website up with right. the coverage so we initially solely focused on the indian mma circuit with the coverage of ufc events only uh, then i think in 2019 june we revamped the site completely we expanded the coverage we expanded the coverage uh, the social media also was going well uh, and by end of 2019 the site was doing very good and in 2020 we had many uh, developments actually we expanded into boxing as well because mma we knew that there was a gap when we look into boxing apart from the amateur boxing like the guys who go for olympics they they don't get that maximum exposure but they get that exposure from the mainstream media like the uh, hindu or new indian express but the okay. professional boxers here but they that's only also, on that's only that's and that they get only get coverage when somebody like vijender singh or neeraj goyal is fighting ha on the main card then yeah. the bottom get it yes yes correct. so the there was a gap Otherwise, in the professional no. boxing circuit as well like correct there were events happening but they were not getting exposure so that's that was one of our reasons to expand into boxing and similarly there, there were situations in muay thai grappling so it kind of like naturally grew into a whole combat sport circle fantastic like, wow that you know fantastic. what it is it is so inspirational to hear someone talking who has worked somewhere and built something from scratch exactly. so ranjit i'm sure you have inspired many many people out there to either join you slash start their <laughs> own business so that's you know, true you know kudos to you that's true absolutely congratulations ranjit i mean firstly this sport is a very tough one mm-hmm. to come into and let alone you know people paying attention to the fights as such it's it's the the business of journalism in in most lines of work are difficult so you know it's a big congratulations from the team at the fighting goat to you uh, ranjit but we are coming back with much much more with ranjit and we're going to talk about some fun things where we take a, take his case a little bit ask him about his love life how many women fighters does he like in the world of mma All that and more only on the Fighting Goat. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode twenty-six of the Fighting Goat, where we have one of the pioneers of the 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 MMA journalism segment, Ranjit Ravindran. Ranjit, welcome back to the show. I hope you had a cup of coffee. And uh, no, no, I, I'm <laughs> going to have lunch short. Okay. Are you filter coffee? What? Just say what yes. Lunch and all. Nah, nah, Just, say yes. <laughs> Just say yes. No, no. Just no, have no, a nice cup of filter coffee. Not coffee, actually. What? <laughs> what? What kind of South Indian is this? Tea, tea. I, I'm more. Slander towards tea. Oh really? Oh very interesting. Really? So, so that's something new. I got to know about Ranjit. Uh-huh. Even though he's a hardcore South Indian, he's currently wearing a lungi, no shirt, nothing on top except for a janeu. No, no, not lungi. Mundu, mundu. He's wearing mundu. <laughs> he's still having chai. Uh-huh. No, but coming back to uh, coming back to this, the entire segment, you know, when we talk about uh, we talk about fighters and growth of MMA in this country. But actually, important question that I wanted to ask you. Um, I always ask this question from anybody you know who's involved in the field. we worked with suvesh and i have known each other for many years we were yeah. we've seen how this sport has grown from different capacities yeah where he's worked in the business aspect of promoting fighters in india and abroad i worked in the broadcasting aspect where i worked with multiple channels uh, to push the sport of mma via different organizations where do you see um, i i this is a broad question this for everybody you guys mm-hmm. you guys can sit and discuss but where do you see indian mma fighters uh, going within the next 3 4 years and uh, and i'm not i'm not going to be unfair and compare them to international fighters i'm not because we the sport is new here but 
when yeah. we talk about say crossover fighters coming in like you see the olympics finished you got women like kayla harris coming in who are who are olympians the 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 fact about olympians coming into mma and wwe are very high but in india where we have such great wrestlers and great boxers do you feel somewhere that there should be a window for them or a door open in the sport of mma to enter immediately i think it's a successful i mean it's a tested way like ritu forgot i think has already proved that exactly. what what happens when com- someone comes from a uh, olympic level wrestling to mma exactly so i think we all we have that uh what is a pool of wrestlers or boxers that can transition but yeah at the same time we are having a great some great mma fighters coming up the amateur guys currently in the indian mma scene are like straight out killers the like cool like guys like anshul and sumit anshul and sumit i think are pro right but ah, there yes, are yeah, correct, correct. Now so there are a lot of amateur guys who have gone internationally and won medals like for example one name is mahboob he is an imf mma uh, oh, junior world oh, champion oh the guy from hyderabad yes he is ah, a junior world champion from, right imf yes. no uh-huh. and there are similar guys like uh, from chennai there are some nagaland guys are there mumbai there are some guys so it's the amateur the next generation of fighters are actually great fighters and uh, probably we'll hear about them more uh, as in a year or two maybe when they turn pro yeah Very because, because i think but you know honestly i uh, one piece of advice i remember i was talking to holman long back and holman is one of the best grappling artists who was in in the ufc he submitted matt hughes back in the day and so mm-hmm. when he was talking i was listening and he was saying that you know fighters make such a mistake that they're in such a rush to go pro they forget that they need to put down at least maybe 50 amateur fights so that make your mistakes in the amateur circuit and don't let that happen in the pro circuit and we saw uh, when mma started in this country a lot of guys were pushed to go pro immediately right. guys who just came in from wushu backgrounds or just basic wrestling backgrounds and they got into the sport and then after a couple of losses they quit i see but it's a good thing that i'm seeing that the trend is changing now where guys are focusing on amateur more than professional yeah. right right in fact in fact that is such a valid point because as you rightly said like you know when this entire mma scene was you know booming in the year 2012 2013 there were a lot yeah. of people who just wanted to jump into the pro uh, segment with just two three four amateur fights i feel you need to have at least 12 to 15 amateur fights before you can even think of going pro you know and That's having true. a good training camp <laughs> obviously is is like a cherry on uh, the cake but uh, yeah so i i completely agree with you guys however i have a little bit of a different take on this i've spoken to a lot of wrestlers and boxers who want to stick to their art because the wrestlers uh, effectively don't want to get punched on the face they have that little mental block going on uh see for the sport it obviously benefits but the person himself or herself needs to be ready for that the boxer is always very oh you know what if i get leg kicked what if i get taken down do i have the skills to you know, deal with that situation so i feel as you rightly said you know that ritu fogart has shown the way many people can follow it's just a matter of will and not about skill yeah, and th- one more thing i think would like to add that like yeah. uh, when you are a boxer or a national level wrestler you get a job like you get a government job but yeah that safety net is not available in mma at the moment at the moment at least correct so that's one more risk that it, i think but i that's the thing you know uh, mma in any country i don't think has been made regionalized as such there no, are no sir. unions that are supporting boxing has unions uh wrestling has i don't know if wrestling has unions but boxing unions allowed that to happen allowed that you know people get paid equally 
and I, and I think in MMA, you are now just, it's a, it's a privatized business. So whether you work for the UFC, you work for Bellator, you work for PFL, you work for one FC, wherever, I think it's all at the discretion of the company. So you, you're stuck in that bracket, but Ritu A is a stellar athlete. She's a very, very high level athlete who transitioned very smoothly. And you know, out of so much, you see so many athletes who can't transition in that sense, like wrestlers, guys like Phil Davis and stuff still don't, you know, they still, you can see their, their, their yeah, striking is yeah. subpar. Whereas guys like DC just made that transition so smoothly. Right. So, so smoothly. And I think it are a lot of athletes in India. I think the responsibility in the onus falls largely upon the private MMA organizations because the UFC gave a lot of fighters platforms because of their pay grade and pay scale and telling people that, you know what, even if I'm paying you $5,000 a night, you're still making more than what you would do at your regular job. Absolute fighting. Absolute. And I think that responsibility certainly lies with some of the companies uh, that are promoting MMA. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would completely agree with that. However, it should not be, you know, that a fighter gets into the UFC or any high paying uh, promotion, fights a couple of fights and says, listen, you know, now I'm rich enough. Now I can buy a small piece of land in my village. So my job is done. You know, it needs to be goal oriented and not really finance oriented. That's just my take on it. True. What do you think, Ranjit? Yeah, it's, there's a lot of planning required to plan out a career. It takes a lot of, uh, what you say, a lot of thought process, a lot of thinking, sacrifice. So obviously every fighter is doing that. But then again, a correct plan is that, as you said, uh, we need to, for a fighter to start from scratch, he need to start training. He need to have a good amateur career. He need to have a good team. Then only he can reach that level. But still a lot of people, I don't I think people, it's a lack of awareness, I guess a lot of people, I get, a, we get a lot of messages actually, like, how can I go into UFC? So that's the, oh, yeah. huh. we are no strangers to that as well. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like the, the awareness should be increased maybe. And a, a lot of planning is required before one reaches that professional level and international level in that professional run. So it's a small, it's a slow process. I think that. A lot of fighters don't understand that it's a slow process. So that's one issue. No, I mean, apart, I understand it's a, I understand it's a patient game, but I think the newer fighters, like, you know, are learning and, and okay. When, when I started off, we saw, I, I remember seeing so many of these Wushu phenoms come into the sport. The Wushu guys brought in, you know, that, that striking and that, and, and that's minor grappling, like the trips and yeah. the throws that Wushu guys use translated very well coming into mixed martial arts. Right. And when these guys got in, but the minute, like, you know, uh, I think when training was offered to them, when training was offered to them, a lot of these guys didn't show up to the training because as we all know, it's the kind of effort it takes to get into fighting has to be parlayed with the amount of money that you are possibly allowed to make, possibly can make in the sport. And I, I think it, it's, you know, until there's a solid organization, regional organization for MMA, I don't see real, real growth because there has to be, see, there has to be like, like, for example, before, remember before, like the UFC would admit only a few guys, but yeah. all the other guys would come up through strike force, strike force, WEC. They were solid regional organizations, elite XC, cage rage, all these guys, you know, gave a platform for every newcomer to come in before they went to the big time. Right. And I think I, I would stress upon the fact that I think it is important like companies like matrix MMA, and, uh, and Superfight League build, instead of doing marquee events, build a constant, you know, weekly show in a small studio to just keep, keep churning out guys, training, training, training and winning. And it will give these guys confidence. 
So, you know, in fact, that is, that is such a good point that you made, uh, Arjun, because the reason why we launched Superhuman Battleground is to have smaller shows. But oh, just, yes. Congratulations, uh, Mr. To, Kamra. Just, Looking forward to that now. Sir, likewise. Likewise. <laughs> sir, I mean, I can't afford you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the idea of not going for big pro events is to hmm. really filter out and get these smaller fighters out of villages. See, because... You know, we all have our limitations. I don't know. Maybe some guy from some part of Karnataka or some part of Northeast would come and he would turn out to be an absolute killer. I don't know. He may not even be active on social media. But the moment we give him a platform and say, listen, just come and prove yourself. That is when we can start filtering and say, listen, I think this guy has the opportunity. We have a gym. We have a coaching facility. Why not build this talent and then take him from there? So that was the idea of Superhuman Battleground where we'll have monthly events. I don't think we have enough talent for weekly events because in Thailand, there are tons and tons of fighters. There are tons of foreign fighters as well as local fighters who come together. So out there every Friday, Saturday, we have events and I don't blame them. They are Always. Dude, you hang out at a regular bar. I almost got like kicked by somebody for cutting Absolutely. the Absolutely. Absolutely. And that too with full technique. Huh? The way he swung the hip on like, I'm yeah. like, oh, f- this. I'm not getting into it with you. Like I know how to block and stuff, but your shit will go through my hip. <laughs> it literally will. Absolutely. No, it's, it's a, it's a Absolutely. good thing. See, that's the thing. It, it's the, you know, the entire, the entire um, fighters also require a lot of uh, advice in that sense. You know, about yeah. coaching. It's not just a training aspect. It's once you get into the fighting yeah. aspect, it's also a coach or a manager helping them understand where they right. can actually go with this. Absolutely. You know, uh, believe it or not, in fact, Locker Room has covered us uh, and they wrote a beautiful piece on a superhuman battleground, we already have 47 entries. And the top, and the first fight night is on November Fantastic. 6th. 47 and- guys already have written to us saying, listen, this is my profile. I want to do this. And I and I possibly know only maybe five, seven of them. I hope this is, okay, I'm going to come and announce there loudly saying, Kumite won blood sport rules. Huh? Only uh, with my just bleed, I'm going to tattoo it on my chest. We, just can't, bleed. we can't promote Kumite one. <laughs> no, no, but Kumite is a style of fighting, man. Kumite absolutely, is a style of fighting. absolutely. Okay, Kumite is style, blood sport rules. <laughs> yeah. Just bleed. Just bleed. <laughs> oh god. But so, coming, yeah. that, that just bleed section, you know, it's it's uh, if you're a, if you've been a fight fan, I've been a fight fan since the early 2000s. Yeah. And yeah. that's all we know. Like I, I, Art Davies wanted to have barbed wire on the side instead of a cage. To keep the fights in the center, standing. Do you know ECW? Do you know the ECW? Of course. Do you know the first? The first UFC plan was to actually have a huge pond around the cage with alligators. That's a yeah, good I, idea. I've heard actually. that. Story. Yeah, <laughs> we should do that. We should do that for the lay and pray fighters. No? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Absolutely. Or we absolutely. can keep talking and talking about this aspect, mm-hmm. but before we go to an end. We got a couple of quick rapid fire questions for Ranjit. What is the future of Locker Room? And B, I want you to list your top five prospects from India. Okay, okay. I think the second question I'll have to skip because I might have to, I don't want to take any place. No, you have to take ah, names. Sorry. No. <laughs> this is the show where we take names. Yes, no, absolutely. I, I, and also the people whose names you have taken, they will have your phone number and address so they can ah, come and deal with you personally. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only way you will build up your takedown defense and your striking yeah. defense, man. I, I don't want to get beaten up by MMA fighters. <laughs> by the way, Ranjit, that is a rite of passage. When we meet you, you know, everybody who's involved in this sport has to get choked out and knocked out once. Uh-huh. Yeah. So choose. Yeah. When you want it done. <laughs> That's all. When we meet, you can't be on the road. 
Yeah, so regarding locker room, I think we had our app, mobile app launched last year. It's doing mm-hmm. pretty good. Oh, wow. So there are, awesome. Huh, there are plans to expand on the app and expand on our coverage to some other combat sports as well. So those are the two things in our pipeline. And we have currently branched out to some regional stuff as well. So, oh wow, re- yeah, regional. We are currently covering since we are based in Kerala. We are having some uh, Malayalam coverage uh, for the Lovely. sport, so that the uh, awareness comes from that uh, grassroots level itself. So, those are the some of the plans in the pipeline. Yeah, so expansion to other combat sports, adding new features to our app and website. And the regional stuff. So wow. those are the three major plans currently in pipeline. Very cool. Very that is cool. so awesome. Uh, Rajiv, what if there's some young journalist who wants to join you guys as an intern? How can they get in touch with you if they want to apply for a job? How do they get in touch with you? Okay, so basically we have that mail ID on our website, info at the right locker room dot in. So they can simply put the mail. Right we had and if you're oh. female interns, please say your number and name on screen. Uh-huh. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Put it there. Call, Nari, me Nari. Now, Call me now, Renjit. Call me now. My wife will kill me. <laughs> that is the point, boss. This is a this is not a this is not a regular interview, you know. Madam will come and say, Renjit, putting mm. number on the screen. Mm. Mm. We saw you on Tinder. So you went in there also. Oh. Swipe right locker room. Swipe right locker room. Swipe right. <laughs> no, I am telling you, you should make a Tinder for MMA fighters. Yeah. Whoever you want to fight, swipe right. You fight want to fight, swipe left. Oh, Great way to find sparring partner. Literally, yeah. send me location will be written on it. <laughs> yeah, so who are your top five prospects according to you? Yes. If you wish to answer that. No, no, you have to answer. What a wish. Or else, or else the second question is, why did you leave MMA India? Uh, okay, so that it, it, uh, I just wanted to, we just wanted to start something of our own. So that's what I left MMA India. That's why I left MMA India. So there has to be some and, controversy. Come on. No, there, there are no controversies. No? Then are you sure? No, no. We just, when we started, when I started Locker Room, I just left MMA India because that was the right thing to do. Like I cannot have my leg on both the boards. So we, true, true. yeah, when I started Locker Room, I stopped writing for them so that I can focus completely on this one. But that that is because locker room is a, is a is a a one. It's it is a go to resource for MMA news in India. It absolutely absolutely, absolutely. and it's run by people who are passionate about the sport and who are honest towards the sport. So hence, I personally follow locker room on all platforms. Exactly. I think you guys should too follow locker room on all platforms. Absolutely. And now that since uh, Ranjit is squirrely about telling us who his top five prospects are, let's assume that he we support here at the Fighting Goat and at Locker Room. We support every Indian fighter that comes out there. And uh, just a quick message that, you know, which Kantaraj Agasa had also said before his fight at uh, 1FC when he traveled to Singapore, saying that, you know, if you don't support the Indian fighters, don't yeah. support them. But don't, don't criticize them. And compare them to international fighters who had 40 years of experience over that. And right. so seriously, don't be a f***ing asshole about it. Like, yeah. if you don't want to support them, don't support them. But don't yeah. criticize people. Because I guarantee whoever you are, you don't have the balls to step in and do what they do. Absolutely, guarantee. yes. Absolutely. I so agree with that. Absolutely. And with that being said, that, sorry, I always get emotional at the end of every <laughs> every guest and every show. And I always say this because it's, it's it's actually, it strikes a chord because I've heard guys say some stupid things like, oh, he couldn't get out of that guard pass. I'm like, BC, MC, utke karna tu. Show me how you can get out of that f***ing guard pass. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, why not? That being said, 
Ranjit, this was an absolute pleasure. It was so good to have you on the Fighting Goat. And we really look forward to seeing what you do with Locker Room and all your articles and stories, and especially all your personal testimonials about me and Somesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How we are eligible and not eligible. Sorry. We are not eligible. Sorry. Mereko bhi maarenge log. But jokes apart, we wish you nothing but the best. Nothing but the best for uh, for you know our fighters and all our fans. And guys, please tune into Locker Room for all your information, and stay tuned for much much more coming up only on the Fighting Goat after this quick commercial break. This is saying sayonara to Mr. Ranjit. We will catch you soon, sir. Thank you. Thanks a lot for uh, thanks a Thank lot, guys, for hanging. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the last segment of episode 26 of the Fighting Goat, where we had yeah. a blast speaking with the founder and the owner of Locker Room Media, Ranjit Ravindran, and his entire take on the MMA industry, how he started, his favorite fighters, and where this sport favorite? is going to head. He, he never mentioned his favorite fighters. Oh, he's very upset about that. Oh, then I just must have said it in my head. So. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. We, we always get everybody to not talk about their favorite fighters, but you know, yeah. he's being he's being pure to his profession. Journalists are not Absolutely. supposed to be biased or take sides. And that was a, a very very smart thing to do. It was very professional of him, you know. It was very professional. You know, but I, I think so much we are getting into bad habits. You know how we make fun of John Anik for talking about maternity and yes, we have started badgering our guests. कि शादी हुई कि नहीं. It's really bad. Yeah. Even Tinder did it before Ritu Fogat. It's really bad. Yeah. It's Tinder पे हो क्या है ना? Ritu Fogat के साथ Ritu Fogat को भी नहीं छोड़ा है. Subit खड़े poor guy has not even messaged me since that day. He's like सारा <laughs> You fucked it up for me and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Fahad also. He's like, please, I'm married. My wife is sitting here. <laughs> oh God, that that's was part beautiful. of the fighting goat experience. Absolutely, because we keep it transparent. We have fun. We give you information, and you can hear it from the horse's mouth. But yes, Mystic sir. Chips, speaking of the horse's mouth, we are moving on to the next event, which is UFC Fight Night. Edson Barboza versus Giga Chikadze in the Giga, Fed, Giga, Giga. in the featherweight division. Dude, that's the main event. It's just know? too much. That division is too stacked. And after watching what Barboza did in his last fight, God, his shin was split, and he kept kicking with it, regardless. Man, that was crazy. If my foot breaks, then I will kick again. And him fighting Giga, who is a huge featherweight himself, right. is going to be a real. And I think it's going to be a stand-up war: kickboxer versus kickboxer. Actually, kickboxer versus Muay Thai. Muay Thai. So let's exactly. see who shins crack first. Exactly. You know, Giga Chikadze is on an eight-fight winning streak. His last fight was versus Cub Swanson, where he knocked him out. And I was like, "Oh my God, this man has got it in him. He's he's definitely got a competition a little uh, leveled up up there." But Dude, it's uh, a big jump now. I mean, but after coming, you know, but after but after taking out Cub Swanson, going straight onto Edson Barboza. It's a big jump. That's a. It's like a really, really too much, right? I I feel I. You know, it's going to be either. It's going to be. It's going to prove that Barboza is at the top of the ladder for a reason. Yeah. Or it's going to show a new contender emerging out of nowhere because Barboza is not an easy test for anybody. Even Bar. I mean, Khabib took Barboza all the way for three rounds, and right. you know, Barboza didn't quit. There is right. no quit in Barboza. Barboza is not going to quit till he dies or his legs and limbs break. So right. Giga is in for a rough night. No matter what, he's Giga Chikadze is going to be showing battle scars. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, Edson Barboza, who used to earlier fight in the lightweight division, which is 155 pounds, has moved one weight class down. He's right now in the 145 pounds. But do you know Edson Barboza is 35 years old? What? He's only... He's 35. He's been fighting since he was 12 or something, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Him, Aldo, all these guys started in Bachpan. (laughs) You know, he's on a two-fight... Except Vandele. Vandele started at seven. Uh, when, I think uh, seven months or what? Seven months. He came, he came hooking out of the body of tea. He was with his hooks and all that. Oh God. So I love Vandalay, man. Yeah. It's amazing. But actually that before we, before we do our predictions, that's actually gives you a uh, wanted to tell all our viewers and listeners that do not miss out on next week's show. We are doing a pride special. Yes. It's all about pride. We're going to talk about the massive knockouts. The Shogun Huas, the Vandalay Silvas, the Mark Coleman's, the Mark Hunts, the everybody. You know, it's it's if you're a Pride fan, if you're an old school fan, so you think Mark not Hunt, Mark Coleman, you mean basically the viewers need to mark the calendar. You need to mark your calendar. Nice <laughs> fun there, sir. So do not miss this is this is going to be a special Pride episode, and it is meant for all the fans. If you these are this is the this is the granddaddy organization where it all began. The Just Bleed era. The literal Just Bleed era. The tournaments, the fighting eight times in one night. Oh, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait. Crazy. But, Mr. Kamra, but before prediction. that, let us go into the main event of next week, which is in the featherweight division, UFC Fight Night, Edson Barboza versus Giga Chikatse. Let's let's not forget Edson Barboza mm-hmm. had a huge victory versus Shane Burgos oh my God, in his man. previous fight. You know, you know that delayed knockout that he had? Yeah, it was so that, weird. Exactly, exactly. It was so weird. Usually you see delays in body shots when you get yeah. hit in the liver. And then, you know, it takes like one, two, three, four hours. And, and then you're out. kind of crumbled from there. Exactly. And it was so weird. But just goes to show, I mean, Shane Burgos, tough as nails, took every shot. You know, that, and, and Shane Burgos was actually a boxer. He is. Took those leg kicks. And and usually boxers can't. You can't. Yeah. You know, it's it just shows how how well rounded the sport is Absolutely. becoming. Man, it's incredible. Ab- Absolutely. So Giga Chikatse has a task in front of him. Mystic Chips, what's your prediction? Let's oh, go man. straight into it. Edson Barboza versus Giga Chikatse. Both of them are on winning streaks. Edson Barboza two fight winning streak. Giga Chikatse eight fight winning streak. Estou enamorado con Brasilia, which means I am in love with Brazil, and I will never. These are my old school guys, man. You got you got guys like even if Henan Barao was facing two Khabib Nurmagomedovs, I'd be supporting Henan <laughs> I'd be supporting Barbos. I'd be supporting Aldo. I'd still support Machida, Shogun, JDS, everybody, Anderson Silva, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, okay, I can't down. <laughs> Barboza. Barboza okay. will get it done by round three. Well, that's a very, very good prediction because I'm going to be on the same boat with Mystic Chips. Yeah. I, I think Edson Barboza gets the job done. He's going to be the superior fighter. He's 35 years old. He's changed his weight category. He's looking better. He's looking fit. He's moving like what he used to six, seven years back. Exactly. And I cannot wait to see him. However, it's not going to be an easy task. Giga Chikatse from Georgia, training in Copenhagen, is a very, very tough guy who has a Muay Thai background. So this is going to be a stand-up war. Five I hope rounds. So. I really hope it's a stand-up one and nobody shoots. And but you know, Barboza is tricky. 
for some he might mix it up by going taking him to the ground you never know you never know that could very well happen but you listeners cannot miss out on this one because it is going to be a banger we also have gerald mischas on that card and kevin lee so it's an absolute yes, fantastic fight card yet again by the ufc only on the sony sports network you cannot miss this one Absolutely. And that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening and tuning in to another episode, episode 26 of The Fighting Word. We want to thank you for supporting us all this way for many, many episodes to come. I'm so happy to have been talking to you along with my co-host, Somesh the Superhuman Kamra. This is Mystic Chips, aka Arjun Chipakati. Saying ciao, sayonara and signing off. See you all next week. Fuck right.